and thank you for joining us today on the LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host today, Jessica Kunkler, and I am here with Jesse McGill, Curriculum Development Specialist, to discuss some of the recently released updates to the new patient-driven payment model, PDPM, from CMS. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you, Jessica. I'm happy to join you today. Jesse, I understand that CMS made some changes to how the primary clinical category is determined for the new payment model. Can you explain what's changed? Yes, and it is a good change. In the SNF PPS final rule, which was released last fall, this final rule instructed providers to use the first line of I-8000 to determine the primary clinical category under PDPM. However, in the final rule, CMS also stated that they were going to be looking for ways to transition from I-8000 to the MDS item I-20 sometime in the future. Now, luckily for SNF providers, this change came early. On a nationwide call, the CMS Open Door Forum, CMS reviewed how a new MDS item, item I-20B, would be used to determine the primary clinical category for the case mix methodology under PDPM. Interesting, Jesse. Do you have any more information on the MDS item I-20B? Oh, just a little. We are actually waiting for a lot more information to be released from CMS. We do not have the REI manual or the technical specifications yet. However, in early January, CMS did release the draft NDS item sets, which will go into effect October 1st, 2019. This means that we have a really good idea of what the MDS will look like come this October, but it is still in draft form, so additional changes could still occur. Now, the draft item sets revealed a couple things in, in regards to I-0020, um, which really helps us understand how I-20B is going to be used under PDPM. So today, when we look at the MDS, we have MDS item I-20, and it's coded on the five-day, and it indicates the resident's primary medical condition category that best describes the primary reason for admission to the SNF PPS day. This MDS item provides a list of conditions numbered 1 through 14. Now, some of these conditions include like a stroke or an amputation, there's a fracture, and several other options. Option 14 is other medical conditions. And if option 14 is coded today, the NAC must also code I-20A, which is coded with an ICD-10 diagnosis code that represents that primary reason. Now, on the draft item set for next October, option 14 and item I-20A are deleted, and they are replaced by I-20B. And in the Frequently Asked Questions document from CMS, it tells us that if I-20 items 1 through 13 are selected, then the NAC will need to also code I-20B for that ICD-10 diagnosis code for that primary reason, the residents in the Medicare stay. It sounds like I-20 will become a gateway question to I-20B in the primary clinical category for PDPM. Is this correct? 
That is correct, and it's a great way to view this new MDS item, I-20B. Now, we've talked about gateway questions in, in, on the MDS when it comes to MDS interviews, where we ask, I answer the question of whether or not the resident is interviewable. For I-20, we're going to have to select one of those category reasons and then also include the ICD-10 code. So the SNFs team will not only determine that specific and accurate ICD-10 code that represents the reason they're in the SNF PPS day, but we also have to determine the correct bucket it's going to fit into in that I-20 gateway question. Jesse, can you clarify a bit further, if the diagnosis is captured at I-20B, what is the purpose of the gateway question? Oh, that is another great question. MDS item I-20 plays a big role in the covariance for the SNF quality reporting program measures. If we look back, item I-20 was actually introduced before PDPM was even proposed. So item I-20 was introduced as a covariate and it was introduced with the new section GG items that became effective October 1st, 2018. Those Section GG items, um, at the same time they were introduced, we also had four new Section GG outcome measures that were introduced. And I-20 is used as a covariate for these outcome measures. Now, luckily for us, CMS was able to adapt this question that was initially created to uh, be used for the covariates for the SNF QRP measures, adapt this item to be also used for the new payment, auto, uh, payment model. So instead of coding the primary reason at I-20 and at the first line of I-8000, CMS was able to use I-20 and create the new item I-20B to uh, create it so we're only coding that primary diagnosis in one spot. So will I-8000 still be used for any methodology under PDPM? Oh, it is. I-8000 will still be very important. Now, it's not going to be used to select that primary clinical category like we've been discussing, but I-8000, which is the additional diagnoses of Section I on the MDS, is still used for the comorbidities of both the speech-language pathology and the non-therapy ancillary component. Six of the 12 SLP comorbidities use I-8000. And these diagnoses, they can be on any line of I-8000, but they must be coded there. The non-therapy ancillary component has 28 different comorbidities that use I-8000. So you can see it still plays a vital role in the patient-driven payment model. Thanks, Jesse. This sounds like a really important change for our listeners to understand. We look forward to learning more from you as CMS releases more details about the new payment system. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us today on the LTC NAC chat. We hope that you join us again as we continue our review of the 2018 RAI updates.